Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 152 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast where too much talking to pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Ennett and I'm joined by a man who was recently accused by a young child as being a dodgy man. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Oh, Robbie, I'm good, mate. We need some clarification on that, I think. It's, no, uh, let's just leave it there and let's move on. wasn't just any young child. No, it, no, it was, it was a very frigid. impressionable young man who was down at, down at, the, uh, at the waterfront. You know, and and you and he saw you walk past. He gone, oh, goodbye, dodgy man. The the fruit of your loins, shall we say? <laughs> yes, <laughs> young Reuben Anderton. He was. Um, he may have. Um, oh, well, well, contextually, we were down at Flynn's Walk. We yes. were down for down at yes. Flynn's Walk uh, last uh, last Sunday. So Sunday before, two ago, I think. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, a great, great turnout of people yeah, down turnout. there wandering, wandering yep. along the. Uh, the so I, I saw Rob Mills there walking along with uh, with Big Jack Levitt, but um, Millsy, Millsy, yeah, I didn't, I didn't say hello. Jack said hi to me, so I didn't get a chance to actually go up and fanboy out with 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 Rob Mills. But anyway, that's all right. I, it's I don't, good to see him there. That was good. It's good to see him there. Um, and uh, I said to Ruben as we're walking along, I said, mate, just uh, you know, just keep an eye out for if you see uh, see see a dodgy fella walking past with a a big bushy mustache. <laughs> And I uh, saw you off in the distance. Go, that man up there looks dodgy, Dad. I said, "Well, yeah, but it doesn't look like our dodgy man." He said, "Yes, it is. It's Lewis." No. And you can tell that anyway because you're wearing the t-shirt. You're wearing the podcast t-shirt. Oh, mate, you know, you know yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. And it's good to see Cloudy there as well. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you missed my. Uh, I, I did a little bit of a uh, physical examination on, uh, uh, on 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 her dog Mickey. Uh, you know, just before we set off because um, she was. Uh, I did. I, I de-sexed her uh, nine days earlier. Oh she was yeah. Due to come in the next day for a Whoa. postal check. While was she out walking? Hang on a second. No, it was a it was a gentle. Well, she did say that. She said, "Are we allowed to exercise her?" I said, <laughs> "Can we do Flynn's walk?" I said, "Look, let me." Um, since we're here at Flynn's walk, let me have a look at it. So I, I got down. The good thing is, being a Bernese mountain dog, there's plenty of space on the undercarriage. Yes, so just. Yep, yep. It was a nice day. Got down on the grass. Yep, shimmied under and had a look. Wounded, healed perfectly, and oh, uh, had a feel. Of course. For it. You're fine to take it for a nice, uh, a nice walk, Cloudy. Go, go bananas. So excellent. I was wondering if you were walking with her, just in case there was a bit of a, a stitch popped. <laughs> you're able to go. Hang on. Oops, I'm here now. Would you right? just just do a quick sort of Formula One style sort of you know yeah, re, yeah, just pit yeah, stop? Yeah. Had some staples in there. Just yeah. just staple her back up again. You know, ready for the rest of the walk. Just take it easy for the next K or so, and then we'll see how she goes. We did have we haven't recorded for a while. Have we? We've been been a, been a little bit a little bit busy. We had a little bit of mailbag during the week. Oh, have we? Uh, yeah, a few people wondering if um if we're going the way of Ellen. If we've uh, oh, if, really? uh you know we we've pulled the pin on the podcast. A few questions. Have you you know have you taken a leaf out of Ellen's book? And I was worried that somewhere along the way we've been a 
perhaps abusive to some of the some of our some of our some staff, of our production stuff. Your production crew, yeah, that's yes, right. yeah, yeah. I said I was able to reassure them. No, we weren't going the way of Ellen. We just been really busy and and we hadn't recorded for a while. So uh, life has conspired against us a little bit to try and get uh, try and get our normal our normal recording schedule has been a little bit uh, a little bit lackluster. So apologies to everyone. But we're back, aren't we? We're back. And uh, so, so yeah, everyone at Radio, thanks very much for your concern. But no, we are not uh, following the footsteps of Ellen in any way, shape or form. No, or, or Oprah giving away cars. And you get a car and you get a car. Uh, well, so- uh, Oprah, Oprah interviewed Ellen. Just recently, I was just oh, really this morning. Yeah, just uh, you know, asking her why she was quitting. It was nothing to do with uh, any allegations or anything at all. Nothing at all. Was, just felt it was time. She wanted time. to spend more time with her family. That's a classic one. Yeah, you know, she wanted to spend more time with her family. That seems to be the way that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Portia Della Rossi. Yes. Is that a, oh yeah, family. They got they got kids. I don't know if they got no, kids. I'm not anyway, sure. Maybe. We're, we're, we'll we'll Google that later. Yeah. Anyway, speak, <laughs> speaking of things, right? New things. Yes. I've, tell uh, me, tell I've, me something uh, new. I've signed up to a new course. Oh, really? Fantastic. Yes. I thought, uh, I thought, uh, it's, a, it's a diploma. Sourdough? Sourdough baking? Well, well, hang on. So it's nearly as technical as that. It's a diploma. Diploma. A diploma. Diploma course. Uh, crystal healing of animals. Wow. Yes. And Gee, I thought I'd, I thought I'd, you know, there'd be a lot of, um, a lot of listeners out there be wondering a vet, what a vet could learn from crystals. And well, I am, well, I'm too, actually. Yeah. Well, so well, anyway. You might you might have been selling some crystal out of your back pocket down at the uh, Williamstown foreshore there. You know, you, you're with that. A little yeah, bit there, of there was like Ruben as the dodgy man. Yeah. Discover the NG systems, the animal body, and heal heal ill health with the power of crystals. Nice. With a crystal healing for animals diploma course, you'll learn about the tools, techniques, theories, and philosophies used in the practice. Everything from understanding animal behavior. Whoa, hello. That, that piqued me interest. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah, to the selecting and energizing crystals and giving hands-on and distance treatments is covered. Wow. Wow. So here we go. So so that means, so let, let's extrapolate on that. So I guess that means that, I mean, they're just trying to set themselves up into this post-COVID world of being able to energize the crystals in their own workshop put it in the mail, but I mean, and this is, I mean, you may have be privy to the, to the course notes, so you can correct me if required, but if you can um, send out those energized crystals, but then on hand and distance healing, is there anything on there about sort of putting the hands on your, 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 your video cam on the computer and then just holding the, the animal that you're trying to heal up to the computer? Is, there, is well, that, that covered? That's the thing. I'm not sure if they're posting out crystals. I think that might be a little bit, a little bit just on the, a bit more expensive to, to send out the crystal. I reckon they're just showing the crystal up on the Zoom camera. Oh, and right. that's enough. That that works. That that works. Just seeing the energy that it's right. producing. The, I mean, the, the energized crystal though, it's got to be energized. It's like it, it's like an activated almond. Well, well, it requires no prerequisite knowledge. Good. Begins by explaining what crystals are. Okay, tick. Okay. I'm pretty yep. Yep, I bought what a crystal is. I bought, yep. bought something similar to a crystal when I got engaged. Yes, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and I put a bit of salt on my, my food occasionally. Good. Uh, how to go about choosing, cleansing, or purifying, energizing, and caring for them. Right. Yep, Gee whiz. Yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a you got to really care for these crystals before they can do anything, can't mm. you? 
For crystal healing to be most effective, it's important to choose the correct crystals for each ailment. No This doubt. course provides a directory of stones and their prescribed uses, giving you a quick and easy reference guide. You're also provided with a short list of crystals you should obtain to create a basic set to start out with. Right. The toolbox. So the, pr- the primary colors. It's the primary yeah. crystals, you know? Excellent. Yeah. It's your, your red, your, your yellow, your blue. Thanks. You yeah. Know, yeah. Red, yeah, red, red for bloodborne diseases. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yellow oh, you done urinary the, tract diseases. You've done the course, mate. Oh, it's, it's, again, blue just, for, just extrapolating. Blue for when you're not breathing. Things yes, like that, yes, I suppose. Yeah, that's, yeah. So is, is that one of the things that you do with your blue crystal? When you've got a, a dog that's not breathing and it's turning a little bit blue, you just you put your energized blue crystal near their forehead and then suddenly they start to oxygenate properly? Well, it's funny you should say that. There is a photo of a dog with a blue crystal <laughs> just above its forehead right here. So maybe that is part of it. Who would benefit from this course? Oh, tell me. Tell me. Who would? Giving clear step-by-step guidance. This course informs novices. Okay. Yes. In how to use the power of crystals. That's to aid. Us. That's a win, yeah. novices. Oh, yeah. To aid in the recovery of health and wellness in animals. This knowledge can be used to start your own practice. Now. Hello. Now we're to, hey. Yeah. Cha-ching. Or if you're already a crystal healer or involved in animal care, well, yeah. Pretty sure we're involved in animal care. Yes, yes, yes. It's right there on the name. Add the ability to treat animals with crystals to your current services. Very wow. Good. Uh, time to update the web the, the website on that one. Yeah. yeah also crystal- a novice crystal healing practice. Yeah. The, the crystal healing for animals diploma course will take you up to 150 hours. Holy crap. That's more than your red, green, yellow, isn't it? That's, uh, <laughs> that's quite a, that's a lot that's of a, crystals. That's a lot of crystal. There's no time limit for completing this course. It can be studied in your own time at your own pace. Good. It's a level three course. I'm going to give you 150 CPD, Continued Professional Development Points. Excellent. Does that does that fly with the vet board? You, you called in front of the vet board. Now, what have you done, Lewis, to keep you up to date with your, your veterinary degree? You've been to some courses. Well, yes, I've done it. As a matter of fact, I've got 150 hours of, of crystal activation course for the use of and and treatment of animal ailments yeah so tell us about this dog that didn't survive well yeah no i was holding the blue crystal over the phone didn't seem to have the required effect but anyway yeah because because it's legitimately the part of the course is is hands off treatment yes it's a it's a quality got a quality license scheme uh uh, it's under leading national award organization. Um, upon completion of this course, learners can also achieve a certificate of achievement for quality of license scheme and a learner unit summary, which lists the details of all the units that learners complete as part of the course. This certificate is additional is optional and costs an additional 15 pounds. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Now, look, Tell Please. me how much it costs, though, because I'm, 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 oh, I've got my credit card ready to go, Lewis. I'm, I'm interested. Good, I, I was so enamored by it, mate. I just swiped and tapped, tapped and go. Oh, and did I, you? Know, yeah, yeah, right. Straight up. I mean, because I, I, I have to be honest, mate, I've personally seen the power of crystals. Have you? And, and I'm a little bit disappointed that you, you know, you, you're dishing it or you're poo-pooing it. A little, a little bit. bit. Look, I'll be honest I mean, with you. I'm a little bit skeptic, mate. I am, I am waving the brown crystal in front of it. I'll be honest. Well, let me tell you. I had a five-year-old. Yeah, I'll give you an example. I had a five-year-old bull terrier. Excellent. Been vomiting. You know, came to the clinic, been vomiting for three days. Yes. And, and I know, you know, the vet of you is probably coming out and you will be thinking of traditional methods, like let's take some blood tests, maybe yes. some x-rays. Imaging, maybe, yes. Maybe we'll do some some yep, fluids, you know, yep. something to stop it vomiting potentially. Yes. But 
knowing myself full well the power of crystals, yes, and yourself, have you heard of the obsidian, obs, obsidian crystal? Obsidian crystal? Oh, no. Obs, I should have actually obsidian? looked up how to pronounce it when I, yeah, obs, obs, not obsidian, obsidian is black. You know that one. Yeah. Uh, well, you know well, obsidian, one. yeah, yeah. yeah. Obsidian is black. It's an intensely protective stone. Obsidian is said to help form a shield against physical and emotional negativity. Right. It's also said to help. You know what? Ge- you know what gets really negative? Corn cobs. Corn cobs in intestines incredibly negative. It's also said to help get rid of emotional blockage <laughs> and emotional negativity. It's also said to help get rid of emo. Uh, sorry, I said that. Uh, promotes qualities of strength, clarity, compassion to help find your true sense of self. Good the physical body. It may aid in digestion. Ooh. You can see where I might be going. Yeah, here. Yes, I'm, I'm, and I'm here. De- and detoxification while potentially helping reduce pain and cramps. So, well, the obsidian crystal is indeed it's a powerful crystal. Powerful. So, so yes. knowing how powerful it is, I did actually take the dog to surgery. Yeah, okay. I yes. was concerned that there was a reason for the vomiting. I mean, you mentioned corn cobs, they can cause blockages. And in surgery, open up the you know, open up the dog and went down into the into the down into the gut guts of the dog. And I removed a five centimeter obsidian crystal right from the dog's pyloric chakra. Oh, oh really? It got stuck in the chakra. Also known as the duodenum. Yes, yeah, right. So you know. Not only can you rely on the obsidian crystal to help with emotional blockage, yes. it also causes intestinal blockage. And intestinal blockage as well. Wow. Yep, no. Gee whiz. So, um, so, how did you go with actually being able to grasp it with some forceps, given the, the protective outer coating that it will have had from its, uh, its, its obsidian strength? It was repelling. It was repelling. <laughs> what was it? It was like a magnet. Like, Was there another crystal that you put in there to try and help to push it out? Yeah. Did you have to chase it out with like a little ferret sort of crystal? Amethyst chaser. Amethyst chaser. Yes. (laughs) Oh, wow. Did they cover that in week two, did they? So blockage in week one and then how to get rid of it in week two. Well, thankfully, week three was cleansing. Okay. Excellent. Because it needed a good cleanse when I got it out of its, right out of the chakra there. I'll tell you what. (laughs) So don't poo-poo the crown of the crystal, mate. Wow. There you go. So how's that, eh? That's, yeah, that's, that's five centimeter obsidian. Wow, gee whiz! And um, is there, did they say anything in there about uh, about how well crystals work with uh, alpha cazozapine? Ah, very nice. I see what you did there. Seamless, well, alpha cazozapine actually has some studies behind it that, that that shows it works for uh for mild anxieties. Does it have to get into the chakra? Oh, that's a good question. We should ask. Them. We should ask. Them. <laughs> we should ask the uh, those guys. So the guys from Silkine. So big, big thank you though. Big Avet Kinnock, big thank you, big supporter of the podcast. Um, I, uh, I've had to, um, we've had a client today. They've got, they've just introduced a, a new little kitten to their already hectic two cat household. And um, so I've uh, thought I'd do the right thing by them. And I've actually got uh, all three cats on Zilkeen, but we're actually using the, uh, given the, the the level of tension there, I'm actually splitting the, uh, splitting the big dog one between it up into thirds. So yeah. everybody, go, everybody gets some of the fun. Everybody gets some of this great Zilkeen chakra. That's back to Oprah. You get some Zilkeen. You get Zilkeen and Zilkeen. you get Zilkeen. Everyone gets Zilkeen. Yes. Fantastic. So, so I like to I like to use Zilkeen for those sorts of stressful situations in kitty cats. So we've actually haven't seen as much of a run on with uh, cats with urinary tract uh, issues now that the weather's 
in, here in Melbourne has just stayed bad. So we're not seeing yes. as many of the, uh, those early autumn uh, uh, stress, stress weighing ones, but uh, there's always a good reason to get some Zilkeen going around. And uh, yeah. I thought this was a good one. Good one, mate. Excellent. Also, big thank you to Delicate Care, the guys, uh, uh, the Australian-made, Australian-owned uh, pet food. I had a uh, a client that uh, the dog's got some uh, sort of food intolerance issues. You know, it was on was on another brand of food for um, for helping with you know, some intermittent diarrhea and vomiting mm-hmm. when we went on to you know uh, other foods, and they wanted a bit of variety. And I ah, said, okay, yes. Well, we can add some Delicate Care in there. Some uh, some of the um, after you tried crystals, like after yeah. you tried a crystal. Well, you know, I sprinkled some... some crystals on the delicate care. Right. I said, there you go. There's your emotional unblockage right there. Did you remember to activate them before putting it onto the delicate care? I haven't done that part of the course yet. So oh, no. Unactivated crystals. Been unactivated. Yeah, hey, I'm, cowboy. <laughs> you're going to go straight to the, you're going to go straight to the veterinary crystal board on that. The, the complimentary medicine board's going to call me in for that, aren't they? Not activating my chakras, crystals. Oh, mate. Oh, Gee, no, as you oh, fly no. by the seat of your pants, Lewis. <laughs> very nice. Very nice, mate. And also, big thank you to our Patreon supporters. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it- good, good on you guys. Uh, I'm sorry for uh, not having given you podcasts that you've uh, given to try and support us but you know it's always good to know you're all out there and uh head to patreon.com search for two vets talk pets if you would like to get involved um in uh in giving a little bit of money to help us keep the podcast uh on the go thank you very much exactly um yeah there was a, there's a little bit of um i think there's a little bit of content i put up the other week when we were together we had a bit of a chat before before we technically the podcast started. So these, if you if you give a couple of dollars, you can have a listen to that. So I was having a little bit of chat about something. I forget what it was, but oh, it was so funny. A bit, a bit oh. of behind the scenes stuff. Oh, we laughed, didn't we, Robbie? Oh, did, didn't we what? Didn't we what? We, we, we should have recorded the uh, conversation we're having before. Oh. Yeah, before oh. we record now. Gee, we said so. That was, behind, stuff in that. that was behind the third wall of our lives, wasn't it? Wow. Absolutely, yes. Excellent. So uh, what, what, what's, what have you found in the news, Lewis? So this is uh, this is an article I saw. It's uh, it's come from Veterinary Practice News. Oh, that's that's kind of telling. It's it's uh, it's that's what we're about, aren't we? Veterinary Practice News. I'll, g- I'll Fe- give you the tip. It sounds like a much more reputable source than the one that I'm going to be bringing. So. You're right. <laughs> there you go. It's not it's not from uh, not from Crystals Weekly. No, no. Feline ca- uh, chronic kidney disease sees a new treatment possibility. Oh. A novel cell-derived molecular therapy might offer a promising approach to treating chronic kidney disease in cats. A collaborative study by North Carolina-based company Piedmont Animal Health and the Wake Forest Institute for Regeneration Medicine, W Firm, is evaluating the intrarenal injection of a recombinant human chemokine to treat feline kidney fibrosis. Wow. Wow. Gee so, whiz. The listeners out there, it's basically let's, us let's, inject- let's, de- let's de-techno-babble that. That's it. That's in- us injecting something into the kidneys of cats that have uh, have renal failure, which is a common thing in older cats that we do see, a little bit of chronic renal failure. And unfortunately, we don't really – well, we don't have a treatment for it. We've got Not some, management, some management things, but we don't have a treat, which is really frustrating for us. Mm. The therapy's ability to restore normal kidney structure in cats with clinically induced fibrosis has shown been shown in two preclinical studies. These studies have also provided evidence as to how the treatment acts to address changes in the kidney that can be associated with chronic kidney disease damage. 
Further, a subsequent clinical pilot study demonstrated the feasibility of administering CXCL12 with no obvious side effects over the nine-month study period. Chronic kidney disease is a progressive and debilitating, debilitating condition common in older cats. There are currently no available treatments of the reversal of its effects, the company reports, and so do we. Yeah. These preclinical and clinical studies findings suggest our first collaboration could make a big difference in the lives of cat owners and their beloved pets. Anyone who's a cat with chronic kidney disease knows how heartbreaking it is to watch their decline and be able to do very little about it. Our goal is to change that story to a much more positive one. The research hopefully will someday lead to a treatment for humans as well. That's Ooh. interesting. Results of these studies show uh, an intra-kidney injection of CXCL12 may be a potential new therapy to treat early kidney disease in cats with a capability for widespread use. So those findings have been published in Frontiers, Frontiers in Veterinary Science. So how about that, eh? That'd be That's really uh, cool. It's certainly because I was actually just talking to someone today about how the fact that we don't actually have a treatment for kidney disease. All it is is just trying to slow down the deterioration. That's the best we can do. You know, back, um, you know, uh, early part of this century, people were up in Queensland were trying to do the uh, trying to do renal transplants in yes. kitty cats, but they're not really doing that anymore. But um, yeah, they're not doing Queensland. I wonder. I think they're doing it in Hong Kong. I'm just not sure. Yeah. Okay. But anyway. Yeah. But, anyway. um, but yeah. Otherwise, we don't have a treatment for it. I mean, it is interesting because I mean, the hard thing with kidney disease, and I'm sure we've spoken about it um, here before, is that often we don't get a definitive diagnosis of what is actually causing the kidney disease. So that's going to be the, I guess, the tricky part of is it going to be that any old cat with kidney disease, do you jam the, the, the magic, the magic, you know, injection in, you know, the magic crystal injection in and see w w whether it works. Um, but it would, I imagine it'll be a thing where probably the, the, the less kidney disease you've got, probably the more it's going to function. You know, you'd think, you know, cause it's, it's pretty hard to, you know, if you've got a, a motor, that's pretty rat droppings if you uh yeah it doesn't matter how much petrol you put in it it's still not going to work very well so yeah, anyway well, we'll see well the, well the kidneys all scarred up i imagine yeah you can't reverse all, all of that scarring so yeah would need to get it early on i suppose i try and get something in there yeah but we could always oh, read well. that article and uh and uh find out a bit more next week maybe next week maybe maybe um, maybe so, so an article that was not necessarily as uh, as, as highbrow as that one. Um, when I was looking for uh, for articles for a, a podcast a couple of weeks ago, I stumbled across. You know, you, know, you get the clickbait articles down the bottom. Yeah, the things. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to bite. I'm going to bite. And this one was um, what breeds do vets tell you not to get? Oh, so this is from Science A Number Two Z. Right. This is from Science A to Z. A to Z. Oh, I see what they did there. Yep. Okay. Now, um, I'm going to try and fly through this because let me tell you that there are copious numbers of breeds that apparently vets tell you not to get. Right? Is, it easy, is it easiest to do ones that we think you should get? Well, that's what I was thinking because interestingly, none of the, uh, I didn't see whether or not this particular article was sponsored by oodle breeders because <laughs> no oodles are on here at all. Right. right so okay. We, so we start with the Pekingese. Um, so don't get a Pekingese. This breed is legendarily stubborn. Pekingese were bred to be lapdog companions by the ancient imperial family of China. Some Pekingese were official royal dogs. These dogs retain their royal breeding with a haughty attitude and a strong disposition that commands respect. It's very difficult to train a Pekingese since it believes it should be in charge and goes about this business with an entrenched obstinacy. This oh, dog wow. may even bite. 
if it is disciplined <laughs> harshly. <laughs> what? Oh, what? wow. There's so many words now I don't even understand. How, 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 how hoity-toity is, is the A to Z to, uh, to use it, words that I've got no and idea. This, and this is number one, right? Second breed, Afghan hounds. The Afghan hound commands attention rather than seeking it out. But beneath the glamorous, long and shiny coat, you may be surprised to find a stalwart hunter. Mm, wow. Siberian husky. Hang on, hang on. How yep. many... How many in the in the leafy burbs of Mount Waverley, where you you know yes. you see your, your routine dogs every day? How often you see an Afghan, mate? Uh, yeah, no, never, never, yeah. never. I no, no. I've, I reckon I've seen two by the same owner when I was in Turak. Yeah, but that sounds once. definitely sounds like a Turak breed, not a uh, not yeah. a general suburban and breed. And Pekingese, Pekingese is yeah, it's not that common, really. Which is lucky because these are these are breeds that yes. vets tell you not to get Lewis. It's very ho- they're very hoity, very hoity, and might um, bite because they've got teeth. Yes, yeah, and they're and they're they're entrenched obstinacy. Um, <laughs> Siberian Husky pet vet called the Siberian Husky one of the worst breeds for oh. first time pet owners, saying the phrase "obedient Siberian Husky" is something. Of an oxymoron, mm, pet vet, yeah, friend, friend, friend of the podcast. Oh, I think this is like another another podcast. Yeah, no, no, sorry, another another website. Um, Rhodesian right. Ridbacks are on the list. Aphila Brasileiro has uh, oh, is yeah. on there, which you know that's one of the um yeah one of the restricted breeds. Um, and it goes on to say, um, owning one may preclude getting covered by a homeowner's insurance policy, while legal liability can be costly. They drool and shed profusely and are naturally aggravated by guests or strangers. Naturally aggravated by guests. Yes, right. That's something, Come- that's something I could describe myself in some respects. Depending on the night, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Especially if it's late, it's yeah. 2am and you're like, could you go home? Just go home now. The party's over. I'm getting naturally, naturally aggravated. I'm, I'm flicking the light switches on and off <laughs> like it's coals. It's time for you to go. All right. Um. So border collies are on the list. Weimaraners, bull terriers, French bulldogs, as you would as you would uh, uh, suspect. The, Corga- the Caucasian Ove Chakra. Wow. Is that a yeah. is that a crystal? That, I'm, I'm, possibly, <laughs> but you're not allowed to get it. Don't get it. Dachshunds. The Dachshunds, a short-legged, long-bodied dog, was bred to hunt badgers. Chasing them down burrows, the Dachshund was somehow able to outmatch its foe's tenacity. Dachshunds are fierce and brave. A 2008 study in an academic animal science journal found the Dachshund to be the most aggressive of all dog breeds. What? Good thing what it studies that a few inches off the ground. We need a reference. I need, need reference that study. That no, I want to look a- that up. Yeah, the 2008 study. It was an academic animal science journal. So I'm sure you've got it in your bookcase there behind you. Um, oh, so just there's, some, no, just some, there's no link there. No link. No. Oh, what's that? Oh, can we email them? I need that see. article. We'll see. Oh, yeah. We'll see how oh, we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. A few other breeds just to rush through. Um, the Catahoula Leopard Dog, the Perro Depressor Canario, the Sky Terry, the Australian Shepherd, the Doberman Pinscher, the Sharpay, the Belgian Malinois, the Doggo Argentino, the Cane Corso, the Boa Bowl, the Rottweiler, the, the Tozer. Oh, my goodness. And the Jack Russell. The Jack Russell is one tenacious terrier. It digs, it barks, it jumps and it hunts with relentless abandon. The Jack Russell Terrier was bred as a hunting dog. Your garden or living room is fair play if your Jack Russell Terrier is after prey. Spiders, mice, and other bugs will be hunted to extinction and your home will be scratched and dug up. Oh, 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. Crikey. The Jack wow. Russell Terriers tend to fall into behavioral problems like small dog syndrome quite small, easily. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Small dog syndrome. What small is that? Dog syndrome. We all talk you, about you, it. We all yes, talk about that, but is that really a thing? Well, according to Science A2Z article, here it is. Um, they they uh, they fall into it quite easily. Problems like snapping, separation anxiety, obsessive barking and guarding mm. may pop up. They are difficult to socialize and need consistent and firm training by an expert trainer. Mm. These dogs need a lot of exercise and a high fence. Climbing and jumping over fences is one of its strengths. So Jack Russell's no good. Now... Mm. Now, yeah. now, um, friend of the show, Cloudy, I hope you're sitting down for this one. The Bernese Mountain Dog. <gasps> the Bernese Mountain Dog is a cheerful, intelligent breed who loves children. Tick. There you go. Tick. So tick okay. Yep, yep. Let's end it there. Cut it. No more. It's Don't one of the, the widely rec- recognized Swiss Mountain Dogs. Yeah, that's Bernese. That's yep. Bern in Switzerland. Yeah, great. It's tick. Thick, long, and silky coat keep them warm in a frosty winter. Yep. Tick. Yep, perfect this for mountain Melbourne. dog was able to withstand an alpine climate and worked as a herder or a flock guard. Right. It all flock seems guard. fine. Yep. Short lifespan. Full stop. Moving on to the next one. Oh, no, that's it. That's Don't it. get one. It's so got a short great. lifespan. Casting shade. Anyway, That's distinct from a Rottweil or a Cane Corso. Or, Cane Corso, a Doggo Brazilio, yeah, Doggo Argentino. That, that doesn't show small dog syndrome, just big no. dog syndrome. So pit bulls, wolf mm. dogs, German shepherds, the greyhound. What? The noble greyhound is an ancient breed from Egypt or Greece with long legs and arched back and a lean aerodynamic physique. This dog was built for speed. Greyhounds are racing dogs, but originally they were bred by British nobility for hunting fox, deer, and hare. It has a strong prey instinct and is often muzzled for good reason. Well, Children and small animals may seem like prey to a greyhound. Can they? Oh, <laughs> what? what? Okay. Children prey to greyhound. Yeah, if if they hunt hair, maybe I might get one. I'm looking for a bit of hair. Well, nice. you've got a, you've got that mustache there, mate. You know, yeah, you, you're a little bit worried that they doesn't say anything about mustachio dodgy men here about you know greyhounds hunting that. Um, Thanks for noticing. If you're out on a out on a walk, hang on to the leash. They are extremely fast, the fastest of all dog breeds, and will dart after anything that might be well prey. Well, any dog you get out any on a dog, walk, any it's dog, often good to hang on to the leash. Because yes. we've seen what happens when you don't hang on to the leash, regardless of how fast idea. they are. Yes. yes. Yeah. So also making it making the um the, the is, don't the don't get list. There's more. Bull Mastiffs, Basenji, St. Bernards, the Great Pyrenees, the Dalmatian, the Chow Chow, the Shit Zoo, the Affin Pincher, and the Chihuahua that was first discovered in 1850 and was named after the Mexican state in which it was found. It must have been hiding under a rock. <laughs> for them to find it. The diminutive breed is the smallest of all dog breeds, weighing between two to six pounds and standing just inches off the ground. Their bulgy eyes and perky ears define them, but just because they're small doesn't mean the Chihuahua is innocuous. If it were a larger breed, it would present bigger issues. Chihuahuas are yappers, nippers, and aggressive. They will courageously oh go after goodness. large dogs with no apparent realisation of their smaller size. Again, the uh, small, small dog, dog syndrome plagues this breed oh, and as, a, as totally loyal and attached to their human, they go after threats to them, whether real or perceived. Chihuahuas are not good with children. They do not like or trust children and can get snappish. 
Oh my goodness. Well, trust. Right. Uh, do not trust. Don't children. trust is a big thing here. Mm, right. So then you we trust. go from the Chihuahua to the Great it, Dane. It's very uh it's very meet the meet the meet the parents, the circle of trust. Circle of trust, very yeah. big. Gaylor. Yeah, they didn't find that in Mexico in the eighteen fifties. <laughs> so so we go from Chihuahuas to Great Danes, Basset Hounds, Beagles, Hang on. Hounds. Is this is this like the Cat Lover Society's put this out? Surely what what is this? This is incredible. They just don't like any breed at all. Yep. Fox Terriers, Irish Setters, the Pugs. They also detest being outside. So many try to avoid going outside when it's cold and rainy. Plus, these little critters rarely show any remorse when they have an accident on your floor. Remorse. So, so, yes. So, so Pugs, you know, revenge weirs, it seems. (laughs) Right, revenge weirs. Akitas also no, make the hate they, list. They don't apologise, pugs. No, unapologetic. No, 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 no. They're they're not wrong. That, that unapologetic. That floor needed weighing on. Yep, it, it, it deserved yep. it. It yeah. wanted it. It was begging yeah. for yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Nothing. To do. I didn't do it. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. No, I just walked past and suddenly no. there was wee on there. Yeah, not I trust. Fault. I trust the, the kids, but I don't trust the floor because it told me <laughs> to wee right there. <laughs> Labradors. Labradors oh. are on the hate list. They oh. could be America's most popular, but they can be difficult for an inexperienced dog owner to raise properly. Until they reach full maturity, they have a strong urge to chew and can be destructive if left on their own. And if labs are not trained properly, they tend to pull their owners while being walked on the leash. Labradors wow. also shed a lot, so expect to find its hair all over your house. Wow. Is there is there another article with any breeds that are... Good. Well, the, the, I've got own. some more. I've got some more that are on the hate list. Newfoundlands, oh. Irish Wolfhound, Spanish Waterdog, English Foxhound, a Harrier, a Chesky Terrier, Finnish Spitz, Pharaoh Hound, Sky Terrier again, Commodore, American English Coon Hound, Commodore. Isn't that a bird? Is that a Commodore? Bird? Yeah, Commodore. no, I think it was oh, a car. The, yeah, yeah. Commodore. Yeah, yeah. Holden used to make them here in Australia, but now they don't make them here in Australia anymore. <laughs> VL. Pomeranian Boxer, the Malamutes, the Alaskan Malamute, just for a differentiation between Whoa, the two. Is there, is there a cross-border issue there? Is Must there? be. Must be. Mm. Japanese Tozer, Akita Inu, the American Bulldog, the American Band Doggy, which was if these dogs are raised and trained properly, they are more than trustworthy with children. Something like a babysitter. <gasps> Oh, On the flip side, this dog is often bred for fighting purposes, which will make them highly aggressive. So that's a very fine line to walk. Fine wow. line. Wow. Right? So they don't see children as bait like a greyhound does. No, no, not at all. And and they don't not trust children like a pug. No. no. Can't no, trust no. Uh, yet. No. But um, if you don't train them properly. They'll fight with your children. They'll fight anything that, wo- anything that moves. Except children, because right? they'll babysit the children. And not fight with them. Absolutely. Wow. Um, where there's uh, and also they, they've cut a line through wolf hybrids, gun dongs or gull dongs, gun Tibetan dong. mastiff, what? gun a, dongs. Yeah, gull dong, a gull dong. Oh, not a gun dog. Not a gun dog. Gull dong. G U L L space D O N G. I'm not googling that. No, don't, don't, no, don't please Google don't. That. No. Or not, not without putting up a private browser. Uh, <laughs> Tibetan mastiff. Staffordshire Bull Terrier, the Moscow Watchdog, the Dog de Bordeaux. M- Moscow Watch. The, the Watchdog. Moscow Watchdog. Yes. Yes. Right. Just tells the time. Yeah. Just sits on your wrist. Roof. Roof. It sits on your... It's two o'clock. <laughs> Roof. 
Um, the um, the Russian black terrier, the oh, gull man. terrier, which is half a gull dong, um, <laughs> uh, uh, the Korean jindo dog, the Belgian Lacanoir, the Thai Ridgeback, the Romanian Myoritic shepherd dog, the Hoverwort, the Bloceron, the Kishu, and the Shiba Inu. Hang on, someone's just just gone through the the dictionary now, and they're just making up words. Yep, I've never even heard of these half of these. What's going and on? Last of all, the Laza Apso. Oh. So for those of you keeping count, that's 91 breeds of dog because the Shiba Inu was in there twice. Um, 91. 91 breeds that vets say don't get. Wow. You know what yep. was missing? Poodle. 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 Can uh, you get a no poodle? poodle breeds. Well, they're not breeds. No. Well, they're cross well, breeds. How about, how about the copper dog? Copper dog. Copper dog. We had the copper dog the other way. You read copper dog. Yeah, it doesn't say nothing about whippets either, Lewis. So I believe I've chosen well with oh, Rosie. Oh, they're close to a greyhound. Oh, but Never, they're smaller n- greyhound. They hunt children, mate. They Look hunt. Them. They anything hunt. Fluff, anything don't, that's fluffy. Don't turn your back on Rosie. She's going to eat your children. <laughs> okay, I, she, I hear her walking in at night, Lewis, and she gets up really close and she just stares at She's, me. Carrying a right. knife and fork and a little yeah. tuck, little serviette tucked into a collar. Looking some at the salt, kids drooling. Salt crystals. Some crystals. Yeah. Yes. Activated. Activated from the, salt from Nepal crystals. From Nepal or yes. or something. Wherever. Just sit there. Yeah, they're pink. Pink pink Himalayan yeah. salt crystals. Yes, that's it. Just, she just stares at me. And here yeah. I am thinking she wants to go to the toilet, but actually all she wants to do is hunt me and my children. Well, so anyway. It's good she knows where to go to the toilet. She's not the pug. That's like the floorboards tell me to go to the toilet right there. Yes. yes I didn't yes. do that. I'm not, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry I weed in the floor. No way. Not me. Sorry, sorry not sorry. <laughs> that's that's the way the pugs move. That is, uh, that's impressive, mate. That's so it's a comprehensive a list. list. There you go. And, and it is a comprehensive list. I reckon that's Matt might do us for years. Time to move on. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, all advice on the show is general in nature. So please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. Do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if we've missed anything or if you need any clarification. Good stuff, mate. And uh, so like, the other week, a couple of weeks ago, seems like eons couple ago of, for us. Ago. Oh, yeah. You, uh, <laughs> you put a shout out, didn't you, about informed consent. What uh, we... what owners want to know before having a procedure done at the vet clinic, essentially? Yes, absolutely. And the survey says, yes, that we got, uh, of all the replies, there we go. I'm, yes, I'm of ju- all I'm, the replies. I'm just trying to just, find it. Just on let's the... go through just to choose. I've got here. Hey, Robbie and Lewis. I yes. think this is the one you wanted to do. That'll be the one. Yeah, top of the list. Thanks again for being an amazing vet, Robbie. Oh, thank you. I'm so lucky to have you looking after our furry family, family members. It would be good, though, if Deb was on the podcast more. Still loving would. the podcast. Thanks, Cloudy. Oh, that's nice. Hey, there we go. That was good. Oh, no, it was a bit more here. <laughs> so while being told the risk and benefits of a particular procedure is an important part of consent, for me, there are two even more important parts. One, that a vet is honest with me about their experience, knowledge, and confidence in performing a procedure. Mm. That's a really interesting point. I was so appreciative, Robbie, of your honesty in telling me that gastropexies are not something you do routinely, but that you are confident in your ability to do it. Do you want to clarify that, mate? Uh, yeah. So, um, so as we were saying uh, earlier in the podcast about uh, about Cloudy with her dog Mickey um, that I desexed recently, because um, she's a Bernese Mountain Dog, um, a deep-chested dog. We know that deep-chested dogs do have an increased risk of uh, the condition gastric dilation volvulus, which is where the stomach swells up. 
and then twists. Um, and with that torsion can be a life-threatening uh, issue and that requires emergency surgery. So there is a, um, a procedure called a gastropexy um, where basically what you're doing is you're attaching the stomach to the side of the abdominal wall uh, in order to help to anchor it there. So by anchoring it there, vastly reducing the risks of uh, a, a gastric dilation volvulus uh, in the future. Yeah, right. And I mean, it's an interesting point she says. That sort of procedure, myself, if an owner asked me to do that, I would say, no, I don't do enough of them to be comfortable in doing it for your mm. dog. Um, and good that you're able to say, well, yeah, I'll do them now and then, and I feel comfortable in doing it. So it's, it is it is something certainly to, to raise with the vet. Is this something you do often or the vet should perhaps say that themselves kind of thing? You know, I think honesty is, is really important, definitely. Yeah, and it's something that I think uh, in the past we didn't do. I think in the past it was more just uh, you know you'd get in and you know get in and get it done. Like certainly back in the back in the in the in the in the old days of earlier on in this century, there'd be more times of where people might get in and do something. Um, maybe not necessarily having as much experience or at least not having the conversation. But I think these oh. days um, it's, uh, it's, I think it's behoven on us to be actually um, have those conversations that, you know, what are our levels of experience and, uh, and, and what we expect to be able to do with the procedure. Exactly. Exactly. And then Cloudy goes on the second part. Uh, I think is an important part of informed consent is a vet being open and honest about the pros and cons of they being, them being able to treat a particular condition versus the way a specialist might be able to treat a particular condition. For example, what are the pros and cons of a regular vet doing a cruciate surgery as opposed to a specialist doing it? A couple of years ago at the same time, uh, one of my girls had lymphoma. A friend of mine's girl was diagnosed with leukemia. That was another time when you were absolutely open and honest about our options, Robbie, and I can't tell you how much I appreciated it then as well. Robbie, did you write this yourself? Christina, this is Christina, right? Hang yeah, on, no, it's from, I, I, it's from I, I, Dr. Christina at gmail.com. Hang yeah. on a second. I actually, I actually guessed what Cloudy's um, uh, password was, and so <laughs> I got on there and just sent it from her email address. Yes. Very nice. Um, unfortunately, um, I think the vet my friend was seeing wasn't quite so honest about their limited experience, nor about the fact that an oncology specialist might know more than they did. Perhaps that veers more into the area of informed decision-making, but I think it's a nonetheless also a part of consent as well. Well, it's, that's interesting, isn't there? Certainly there's, there's certainly some vets that I know of that will never offer referral and feel yes. they can do everything in their clinic. Um, and then there are other vets that, uh, you know, a bit, bit, you know, will do say, I, oh, yes, I feel like comfortable. I can do this or we we've done this before. Um, and then there are some vets that will refer everything, you know, that's yes, a little, absolutely. Bit, little bit complicated. So definitely certainly vets on the spectrum there of, of different, um, you know, Level, levels of, of yeah, of, I guess it comes down to what they are comfortable in doing yeah. and what they're comfortable to, you know, in the in the end, we all want to feel like we're doing a good job, and we don't want to be doing a bad job. We don't want to be putting the animals under any sort of yeah, you know, at any sort of risk. You know, yeah, of if course. we think that somebody else can do it, can do it better. Yeah. Exactly. Incidentally, I've also had experience of friends seeing a specialist and being unimpressed at the cost-less-benefit ratio and preferring to get treatment from their regular vet. Oh, interesting. Mm. Every owner is going to be different, which is why I think explaining all the options and then the owner's size is a crucial part of informed consent. hope some of my rambling thoughts are useful. Still loving the podcast, except probably I would love it if a little bit more of the shows involved Lewis's wife, Deb. Thanks. Oh, we all wish that. Claudia. Claudia. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, 
so I guess on on that, you know, sort of breaking down those those three, I guess, cases that that she sort of talks about. So so yeah, so that one for me, like we knew that um, we knew that her dog was going to be desexed, um, and like I say, I. I know I'd done the procedure in the past and, you know, it's, it's something that I thought with my skill level, I'd be able to do. So I said to her, I, I think this is something I can do. This is how experienced I am with it. I think it's well and truly within my scope of capability. Um, if you're happy for me to do it, I can, I, well, I mean, first she asked me, can you do it? And I said, well, this is all the stuff. Yes, I yeah, think yeah. I can do it. And um, incredibly successful procedure, you know, went really, really, really well. So, yeah. um, you know, it's a, you know, something that, you know, just really need an extra pair of hands just to help to hold the abdominal wall up out of the way and hold the stomach where I needed it while I was trying to stitch it together. So it didn't keep falling away. And, um, yeah. and then yeah, went, went brilliantly. It was a very large hole though, because you know, a, she's a big dog. And so when you, uh, and she actually also had a hernia as well. So, so she wow. had, so I spayed her down one end and then had to do the umbilical hernia in the middle and then open up a little bit higher. So, yeah, to do right. the astropexy. Wow. so she had a fairly gargantuan sized uh, uh, wound, but which all looked great when I was looking at her at Flynn's walk. Um, yeah. Well, so, big wounds, it doesn't matter the size of the wound. Wounds heal across, don't they? They don't heal from end to end. Don't heal end to end. That's exactly so, right. That's exactly so, right. Yeah. So the bigger the wound, it doesn't necessarily mean slow healing necessarily. Yeah. And, mm. um, and, and like, and then with the, when it comes to the specialist side of things, yeah, I, I think, are they, these days there are so many surgical specialists, at least, you know, it's got to be part of the conversation that if it is a bigger procedure that you say, I mean, do you, strictly speaking, we could offer people to go and see a specialist for anything, desexings yeah. or you know, yeah, removal yeah. of teeth and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I think if it's a bigger procedure, you know, it sort of comes down to where the vet's at and also up to the owner as well to say, okay, well, is this something that you feel confident in doing? Or, you know, is this something that could go and see a specialist? Mm. And it is about honesty, I think, and communication and probably trust of your vet too. Correct. If you've got that trust there, then uh, I think you're more likely to get a better outcome if you trust the vet, what what they decide to do. So 100%. Good points, Cloudy. Excellent. Thank you very much. And look, sorry, we didn't get time to to get to all the other uh, emails that we received on in, informed consent. It was obviously a really yeah. hot button topic that Robbie's well, if, pushed some buttons on there. And, and, if, and if anybody, if anybody is just concerned that their, that their email wasn't read, um, if you'd like to send it to, send it to us again at uh, uh, two vets, talk at gmail.com. I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss it in the future. <laughs> Excellent. Exactly. And we did get one other email during the week on a separate issue from decal gal, Suzanne. Um, she, uh, this was, um, she sent this a while ago, which was great. Hi, Dr. Lewis and Dr. Robbie. I just wanted to check in and say, hey, I'm enjoying the podcast. Looking forward to every week. You're all, you're all awesome. Probably doing, not doing that justice, but uh, yeah. but th- that's what it says. Also wanted to see if you all have heard in our news about the couple Matt and Grace with their two dogs that have walked across the US. Oh. And no, we haven't. They started their walk in October 2020 from California and their final destination is in South Carolina, my home state. So they'll have walked 3,000 miles from coast to coast. Gee, for, um, for Australians there, that's a lot of kilometres. That's a lot of case. Yeah. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting this awesome couple twice as they were just a few miles from my home. They're raising money for a non-profit organisation to help families with children who have life-threatening illness. Uh We'll be there this weekend to see them cross the finish line at Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Oh, nice. Um, and they, uh, they've they raised over 80000 so far. And if you want to check them out, they, 
uh, charity is uh, it's called timeinabottle.org. And I think from what I understand, it's free uh, cleaning for families um, with their members, uh, a member of the family has a life threatening illness. So they'll come in and clean your house and, you know, all that sort of thing when, um, you know, obviously you don't have time to do that sort of thing. So yeah. great little service there, Time in a Bottle. Um, go and check it out, timeinabottle.org or go to the Facebook page, check out uh, Matt and Grace, uh, go to at the Golden Road um, and you can follow them there. So right. really, really good stuff. Uh, if, uh, Suzanne goes on, I'll also be doing my own version of Flynn's Walk this weekend with my dog Summer. I ordered the shirt for me and the bandana for my pup. This is such an important awareness and I'm honoured to be part of it. Wish I could be there in person. I've added some pics and she's got some great pics of Summer wearing a Flynn's Walk bandana. So oh, excellent. Really, really All nice. merged up. Exactly. Um, and uh, take care, Suzanne. So thank you very much, Suzanne. Good to hear we're getting support for Flynn's Walk, which uh, which is a really important organisation, but also time in a bottle as well. Interesting. Wow. Well, check that all out. Well, um, you know, thank you very much, Suzanne, for sending that through. If anyone else has got any, uh, you know, cool stories that they want to share with us, I mean, we're, you know, it's we're all part of the family, you know, yeah. if you've got something that's going on in your life, why not, why not tell us, you know, exactly. it's, all, it's all, it's a great little community that we've got here as part of the podcast. So if you want to get in touch, uh, you can hit us up at uh, two vets, talk pets at gmail.com. Uh, find us at Patreon, uh, patreon.com search two vets, talk pets. You know, Lewis is all, all over the socials just because, you know, he's such a, such a social beast. You know, he loves it. He loves it. You know, yeah. it's nothing, no, nothing more appropriate than a middle-aged man getting all over the, uh, the new up-to-date social media platforms. Yeah. And, and Robbie, is on YOLO, so you can check him out there. You only live the once, latest, mate. Yeah, there, that's right. The latest one, YOLO. Excellent. Anonymous, you sit him up with an anonymous question there, and I'll uh, be sure to answer that for you. For those who've got <laughs> YOLO out there for the for the kiddies. Anyway, also if you want to support us, go to patreon.com to two vets talk pets. Um, and I reckon look, if you, you know, if you want to talk more about informed consent, well, we can we can talk about that, but if you don't want to send the emails, it's all yeah, 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 yeah. We'll move on. <laughs> We'll move on. <laughs> yeah. Ask us a question about something else. Leave us a leave us a review as well. People leaving reviews with funny little funny little stories. We'll always read those too. They're, they're, they're yeah. cool. We yeah. do like those. Excellent. Alrighty, guys. Scratch you later. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist. And more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.